You're in the water loop. You're in the water loop. This is Travis. Very excited to be with uh, someone I've worked with for a number of years on water issues, more specifically on beer and water issues, uh, with Katie Wallace. She is the Director of Social and Environmental Impact for New Belgium Brewing. How are you doing? Doing well, Travis. Great to see you again. Yeah, you too. We do have uh, beverages for this episode, which is very important and relevant. Um, I picked up uh, one of your all's beers here, this uh, La Folie Sour Brown Ale. So one of my favorites. Pretty I'll excited. Never, never had it, and it's it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm drinking a Mural here, which is a newer beer of ours. Um, I'm not always into the girly pink things, but um, this pink beer is pretty tasty. All right. Um, yeah, like a, a collaboration we did with Primus Brewing in Mexico City, so it's got that nice kind of agua fresca lightness. Oh, oh that's cool. That's cool. You collaborated with them, Mexico City. Nice. Yeah. I've no- I've noticed on the shelves recently, kind of a new little flurry of uh, of beers from you guys, right? Yeah. And uh, I've seen the whole the brute IPA thing uh, hitting out there. So. Yeah. Have you tried it with orange juice yet? No. <laughs> That's like a mimosa. A good AM drink, yeah. All right, all right. Cool. I will do that tomorrow morning before my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe after. So uh, lots of stuff I want to talk to you about, things we've kind of talked about over the years. But I, I just want to start with this open opening kind of question. If you could talk about how brewers are really, you know, how they're so water conscious and they're really – water chemists you know i've always been amazed as we have crossed paths through the brewers association where you're co-chair of the sustainability council i've been to the craft brewers conference now um three years in a row this will be my fourth and um you know there's a lot more sophistication going on there than you would think as far as you know the mindset of sustainability uh in the brewing industry yeah, I think um, I think they kind of naturally go hand in hand. Craft brewers, especially, um, you know, we we have our breweries in our communities, and um, here at New Belgium, our um, river that supplies most of our water actually runs just a block um, down the road, and so um, so we ride our bikes across the bridge every day, and <laughs> um, and so I think that um, if there's a pretty natural. Um, place-based connection to our water and our beers um, across the country for craft brewing. So, um, and also craft brewers, you know, it's a, it's a science and an and a, an art. And, yeah. And I would say rivers are the same, right? There's a lot of science that goes into them, but they're also um, really like special um, poetic parts of our days as well. Yeah, they definitely definitely are. I like that. Um, so. I don't know tons about brewing. Uh, different listeners may know different amounts of it. So could you just explain basically the role of water in brewing and in beer? I mean, I think it's like 90 – water is really like 90% maybe of a beer. It's it's the main ingredient. But, um, you know, what what's the process in in making beer and brewing beer and, and with, with water? How does that all work? Sure. Um, well, uh, you're right. Beer is over 90% water, and um, and actually, though the vast majority of the water needed for beer um, is consumed on the barley fields, and so um, so we actually use a relatively small amount of that in the brewing process. But 
Um, but nevertheless, we really want to um, reduce our consumption as much as possible. So, um, so an ingredient of beer, of course, um, is what the water helps us to provide. But also, um, there are a lot of processes that use wa utilize water. So, um, exchanging heat or cool um, coldness throughout the brewing process um, is oftentimes done by water. Um, and then cleaning, of course, uh, our tanks after we've done a batch of beer or, uh, or so, and um, and then trying to be really efficient about that as well. So, um, so for us, we use just over four parts water to one part beer in the brewing process. Um, so one of those parts goes out as beer, obviously. Mm. Uh, two parts, so about half the water we use in the process, is treated here on site at our process water treatment plant. Um, that's not a common thing. That breweries have but um, it works really nicely for us we're able to pre-treat our water and then discharge it um, pretty clean to the city and so the city uh, finishes cleaning it and they discharge into the river so about half of the water we consume goes back into the watershed here um, and then the other half goes out with spent grain um, that's fed to cattle uh, or it's lost a little bit of it is lost to evaporation in our water treatment process Okay. So water is obviously the critical ingredient, but um, it's interesting that it's also critical for that heating and cooling and then cleaning. I know that it's very, very important to have all the brewing equipment super clean and sterile uh, for the for the integrity of the beer. Sure. Especially, yeah. you know, we have um, we have a couple dozen yeast strains at any time and yeast really likes to party and um, <laughs> Um, procreate new yeast strains and so and in many beers the yeast is actually contributing the majority of the taste um, and so we really want to make sure we're keep preserving the yeast uh, as it as it is um, and not letting it cross with other yeast strains um, and so so we have a pretty like uh, sterile system that allows us to maintain that separateness and also of course um, eliminate and, and avoid infections throughout the process through cleaning um, but we also have actually La Folie, which you're drinking, is yep. in wooden fooders, barrel, big wooden barrels. And um, it's kind of an old Belgian style of fermentation um, where that's where the yeast plays with each other, makes new, <laughs> uh, you know, new tastes entirely and mixes with um, other bacteria in a really yummy way and makes unique tastes all the time. So so your bottle has a vintage year on it. And that's how okay. we go, go wild. 2016 is what this okay. one is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. but anyway, so yeah, so water, water helps us uh, in the rest of the brewery keep a pretty separate process um, so that we can avoid infections and, and, um, and issues of cross-contamination. Yeah. So what's the um, historic, I mean, that ratio of water to beer, um, I think there's kind of like industry standards, right? And then there's uh, a lot of the breweries I've heard about when I've been at the Craft Brewers Conference they talk about how they're trying to drive down their their ratio as part of their sustainability effort, right? Um, so what would you say maybe like, is there an average for the craft brewing industry right now? And what's what's kind of like the leading edge? Um, you know, what's possible? Yeah. Um, so it, I, it's hard to get data. So I'll just give that caveat that um, we have 7,000 craft brewers in the United States and a lot of them are really tiny small mom and pop operations. They might be in another building with other businesses. So it's, it's pretty difficult to get um, accurate data. But, um, you know, we've seen 
probably an average in the data we have collected, um, around eight barrels of water to make one barrel of beer. Okay. Uh, but it, uh, oftentimes it's it's lower, um, and and there are times it's higher. Yeah. So. Okay. Interesting. That's so. That's that's an interesting general average because I had heard you know I've heard lower numbers. You mentioned a lower one for New Belgium. You know, basically like half that, right? Um, so. And I guess some of the leading sustainable efforts are really trying to keep pushing that number down. Absolutely, yeah. I think you know brewers are a passionate bunch, and um, and they're also pretty you know as being most of uh, craft brewers out there are being pretty entrepreneurial. Um, they're always trying new things and innovating in cool, unique ways. So um, so I think that uh, you know, however, hoppy beers provides a bit of a challenge for us. Mm -hmm. Um, hops have this um, really beautiful aroma, but it travels through a resin in the plant, and so that requires more heat and water for cleaning. Um, that ah. is for lagers or non or less hoppy beers, and so um, so there is some some ingredient influence there that increases it, um, and that'll vary brewery by brewery depending on what they're brewing, um, and also every system is kind of pieced together, um, and, and <laughs> has, uh, various challenges. For example. Um, our brewery in Asheville, North Carolina, we designed, um, you know, we designed it all at once. So we made everything really compact, we kept all of the pipes really close, to, you know, shortened the pipes by putting the processes close together. Um, but here in Fort Collins, where we started uh, in 1990, we were at this site in 95, um, you know, we built, we didn't know that how big we would grow. So we kind of built on a little bit by little bit. And so our pipes are a bit longer, which um, makes it a bit more challenging to get our water use ratio down. Yeah, uh, there's also other um, funny, funny issues um, that are typically uh, um, based in the law and politics. Um, mm. so, for example, um, in some states you can collect rainwater. So in our North Carolina brewery, we're able to collect rainwater. We use it for we don't put it in the beer. We use it for our irrigation and also our cooling towers. Um, and uh, in Colorado, water law is very different. Um, as a business, we cannot collect rainwater. Um, we're also not allowed to reuse any water through the process. Um, so we have, well, that's changing. I shouldn't say that. We're, it, the law is changing to allow more of it. Um, but we've had to go through years of work with um, attorneys and uh, waiting for laws to change in order to use some of our treated water in our irrigation and in our cooling towers here in Fort Collins. Yeah. So, um, so there's just some funny water laws that restrict your ability to be more sustainable in some states, and um, and so we, we struggle a bit with that more here in Colorado too. So, um, so yeah, yeah every is different. Every state is different as far as what they allow you to do. And so it provides it, you know it, it really means that there there will be quite a bit of variance in the water use ratios across the board. Um, but uh, you know the, the, we always encourage brewers to measure against your own self. So. Mm you doing versus last year um, and, and hope that you make improvements based on that and uh, and then strive towards yeah lower industry average a couple things you mentioned that you know it sounds like that uh, the hoppy beers use more water so uh, you know the American obsession with IPAs and everything definitely helps to keep that keep that consumption a little bit higher right yeah, I mean there are tricks you can you can make modifications, but it just takes a little extra work. There's always technology to help you do it a little bit more efficiently, but um, but there you know just every for every um, you know 
improvement you make, there's usually a recipe, you know, new beer coming through or something that kind of gives you a, a different challenge. And so, um, so yeah. Throws it all off all yeah. over again. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned there's about seven, there's, you know, 7,000 craft brewers. I think that was 7,001. Like there's a new one opening <laughs> all, right. the, all the time. Talking. <laughs> yeah. You know, I live in, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a smaller town. It's like 120,000 people, but there's like 16 or 17 craft breweries, you know, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm very happy about it for sure. Um, no, I- um, beer brings people together, and so there's a there's a great opportunity having breweries throughout the country. Yeah. Um, what do you think are some of the the areas for improvement? I mean, you've mentioned the things that people are doing to try to to conserve water, or reuse in certain ways, or bring the pipes closer, et cetera. What what's kind of like the the edge of that improvement right now, or what's like the new you know the new effort or tech that technology is letting them do, or you know that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I think, you know, for for one, the brew, brew kettles, the technology around brew kettles are changing so that you um, can boil it with in less time, boil the wort, the unfermented beer, in less time. So um, that's allowing, um, you know, us to uh, lose less water to evaporation, and it also saves us energy. Um, I would say just uh, an, uh, an easy win, oftentimes, that's not front of mind for a lot of brewers, but it's becoming more so, is just reducing beer loss. So mm. let's say if it took us four barrels of water to make one barrel of beer, and then um, we had a quality issue or something, and we have to dump that barrel of beer, we just dumped four barrels of water and the, and the barley and all of the embedded water and energy throughout that beer. And so, um, so uh, or if there's some, you know, production issue or we didn't, totally, you know, finished straining the tank before we started cleaning it or something, you know, there's that beer loss is a really valuable um, opportunity to um, to reduce water consumption, uh, you know, four or five times uh, per gallon. And so, um, and then the other one I would say is water reuse. Um, so it's been great to see the Colorado water law changing to allow us to reuse our treated water in our um, cooling towers and um, and hopefully in our irrigation soon, but um, but there are, you know in, in some places people are reusing water in their beer for the actual ingredient and so um, so that's certainly a technology that's available. I know that's something you've worked on as well, um, and uh, and there's actually you know once you send the water through reverse osmosis and clean it fully. Um, it can be sometimes cleaner than the other water that's coming in through the tap. And so, um, so uh, you know, with that, I think that there's, however, a public perception <laughs> that people have to kind of help to dismantle over, over time so that we can um, start seeing that technology be utilized around the country a bit more. Um, I, I like the idea of, you know, I've, I've had um, beer that's made with reused water um, that went through RO versus beer that was made through tap water. I can't tell a difference. Mm. <laughs> I've been working in the brewery for 15 years here, so um, so I think that that's just something that um, the technology is evolving there, and we just need to help the understanding, the cultural understanding, evolve with it because that's really the next best opportunity to reduce our our water consumption dramatically. Yeah, that's. Um, <clears throat> I'll just kind of add a little bit to that. So there's there are uh, brewers out there that have worked with like their local local water utilities uh, to take 
um, you know, purified water, but it, it was wastewater, but it's been treated to such a standard that it meets or beats, often beats drinking water standards. It's that clean and they'll brew a beer with it and have some kind of public event or uh, whatever it might be. To And it's all about raising awareness about, hey, the technology is pretty amazing out there. Uh, we can clean water and so water reuse should be part of kind of uh, the portfolio of activities. So it's uh, interesting stuff. Um, too, too different also than what's already happening through happening through most of the country. You know, as cities upstream clean their water and discharge it back into the river, cities downstream um, will take that out and use it. And so, um, so I think that this, it's a perception issue. Um, but but it's all it's already happening in in many ways throughout the country and yeah uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see how that one evolves. Well, the one I guess the one bit of breaking news recently is the city of El Paso in Texas is going to be the first U.S. city to to treat that water that way from after their wastewater plant and put it directly back into the drinking water system, not into an aquifer, not into a river, but it's pipe pipe to distribution and back to people's uh, taps. And uh, they've done a lot of, of public polling and like 85% of the people are like, yep, that's fine. Sounds good. We trust the technology. Um, there was a big story on CNN about it and, and all that stuff. Uh, so, and I, I think they're going to do a beer as part of kicking that off as well. So uh, something for people to watch. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, so about the drivers for sustainability, you know, for brewers, um, you, we kind of talked about how it's good for the environment and the, and they care about water, but uh, is it a business case also? To conserve water? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and especially if, um, you know, if you're doing that through, I would say the best bang for the buck is reducing beer loss because all of the costs of your materials, the energy and the water are in that. So, um, so that's a great place to start for cost savings. Um, and then it depends on where you live really in the cost of water um, as far as like how big of an impact that that will make. Um, and so I personally think that water is undervalued. Um, there are uh, the ability for our water systems to deliver water to us is something I think we, we as a nation have taken for granted for a long time. And um, as we're seeing uh, uh, greater variances in uh, precipitation and uh, temperatures and, um, and the amounts of rainfall and the timing of rainfall or snowfall, um, then we're, we're actually seeing some, some vulnerabilities in the water supply systems. Mm. And so, um, so there's really the pricing mechanisms have not really caught up with the reality that's happening in the environment um, and, and how water is being delivered to us. And so um, so I think that in, it depends on where you live. Of course, it's so nice to save money. And um, but I think that uh, for for us, we, we have um, had a lot of uh, inexpensive uh, solutions to saving water, for example, um, you know, for manual, the manual rinsing of our uh, packaging halls, for example, um, people were doing that on their scheduled intervals, but they were also doing it at the end of their shift here just to kind of help keep it clean for the next shift that would come in and um, as a courtesy. And, um, and it was actually when we were talking to that group um, several years ago, they were the ones that said, hey, you know, we, we kind of do this as a courtesy, but if we all agree that um, we can just stick to the schedule and not have a, a freshly washed 
space for every new shift that comes in, then we could probably save a lot of water. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's obviously one place where it worked. Um, you know, financially, that there was zero investment in that, and we saved money on on the water savings. Um, we also um, have seen a, an excellent payback on switching to um, a low water lubricant on our um, packaging lines uh, on the on the conveyor belts. Um, in Asheville, we have a no water lubricant, and so um, so that's saved millions of gallons of water and paid off pretty nicely. Um, and then uh, when we got a new bottling line um, at both breweries, we added in a feature that collects the internal rinse water and reuses it up for the external rinse once the bottles have been filled and capped. Just wash the suds off with pretty clean water, and um, and that paid off pretty well too. So there are, there are points in this in the process where you can, when you're building it or improving it, you can do that or for a lot, a lot less money and, and there's a great payback on it or on the behavioral side of things for sure. A lot of a lot of smaller brewers are actually cleaning by hand, and uh, you know they don't have automated cleaning systems within their tanks like we do. And so there's a lot greater opportunity there to uh, make some behavioral adjustments and uh, and save some water. So so I would say yeah, there's a business case for it. I wish there was more of one, hmm. and, I hope, and I I expect that we'll see that the price the pricing mechanisms of water um, evolve with the supply. Um, for example, here in Fort Collins um, this summer, we actually switched to um, uh, a tier, sorry, we have a tiered water billing system, but we just switched to um, a time of day use for energy and we're charging people differently based on the time of day they're using energy, um, even in their homes. And so, uh, so I see some of that changing in energy and I, and I expect to see some of it, that evolving for water as well. Yeah, very, very. Cool. <clears throat> so you mentioned also about, uh, you know, the weather and the price of water and everything. And there's been a lot of drought and, and California and, uh, there's been a lot of stories recently with Arizona and New Mexico and the Colorado River, right? And the allocations of water from the Colorado River. And, um, you know, since you're co-chair of sustainability for the uh, Brewers Association, I guess um, what's happening or and what has happened with brewers in those parts of the country where they've really been hit hard by by drought? I know a couple years ago in California, it was a big deal and some breweries had to kind of scale back on their water use or, or negotiate stuff with the state? Um, yeah, um, uh, many breweries in California a couple of years ago um, were, they received water re- uh, restriction mandates from from their suppliers. And, uh, and so that obviously affects their business and the cost of doing business. Um, and it could happen to any of us in the West over the next, you know, 30 years or so, I think that with, with the, um, uh, weather pattern predictions that we're seeing, a lot of us are susceptible to that. So there's also been water quality issues um, around the Great Lakes um, and in areas where um, some breweries are near fracking operations, the, the fracking chemicals are getting in the groundwater. So um, so for sure in the West, we're seeing some water availability um, risks and, and in the East, more so um, water quality issues. And so, um, so yeah, so I think that I, it's something we, I, like I said, I think we take for granted and the, the systems that manage our consumption haven't really caught up to us quite yet. I think I'm, um, I might've seen a brewery in the Great Lakes area uh, do something funny uh, to refer to like the alg- algal blooms or the algae bloom problems. Like they might've brewed something. Was it even a green beer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I think more breweries are trying to draw attention to that, and that's something also that 
affects um, water supplies in the West, especially during droughts because there's less flow and so those things can build up. Um, but there, but uh, and, you know, we have the agricultural inputs in the water systems as well that are causing those uh, blooms to grow. And so, yep, that's a an issue that um, some brewers are trying to comically bring some attention to. But it's a real issue that we're struggling with, and it, you know, especially, um, you know, and for us when we've had forest fires here, uh, we've we've not been able to use certain water sources for a few years at a time because of the um, the aromas and the silt and the sediment that's in in the water. Wow. Um, the um, the algae also causes uh, taste issues as well. So so that it's affecting water supplies, but also the taste of your beer. So um, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's uh, I think it's awesome that breweries are doing having some uh, some fun with it and being environmental advocates uh, with some creative beers. I I, I totally love that. So. Um, I wanted maybe if you could elaborate a little bit on the Brewers Association and, you know, as the craft brewery industry just continues to to grow and um, on that sustainability front, like what the real, um, what you guys are, feel your role is for the industry. Yeah, I think um, that's ever evolving with the Brewers Association. Um, there are, you know, the cool part about craft beer is that we represent a really diverse group of people across the nation. Um, all, all kinds of people in rural and urban settings love beer. Um, people, they love craft beer. There's people in, you know, men, women, and uh, all, a lot of cultural backgrounds as well and political backgrounds. And so um, it's a, I think that's a really wonderful opportunity for us to show kind of what we have in common during these tough times. Um, and, uh, and also the, um, the that what that also means is that um, it's harder to get behind maybe some policy solutions um, as a as a whole community. So I think that we find some challenges in um, working through avenues that might be pretty quick. Um, but uh, but uh, you know we want to make sure we're representing all of our members through that and and um, and also helping to protect our water supplies. But I think um, ultimately. The Brewers Association right now wants to get the message out that, hey, our water systems are vulnerable. Um, our, our livelihood depends on them. Um, billions of dollars of, of our economy through craft beer depend on our water supplies and, um, and, so, and, and hundreds of thousands of jobs. And so um, we want, I think that's important for us to, to speak about a bit more as people are making decisions to preserve the ability for water systems to provide. Um, and we're also still working um, pretty heavily with our members to share out water management um, best practices and um, and collecting data and seeing how we're improving upon those um, over time. So, so um, educating our, both our membership on water saving measures and also educating decision makers on how important water is to brewing and um, it can be really helpful. So. Yeah, I like I like a lot of those points because. Uh, like you said, so many people uh, love beer. They love their local craft breweries, uh, and they're kind of 
community centerpieces. And so I think the craft breweries and the brewers have a pretty powerful voice, you know, definitely on the local level. And then when they roll up, you know, at a, at a higher level. And uh, like you said, as we face water pollution issues or water scarcity issues or the fact that, um, you know, water infrastructure needs a lot of investment, um, I think the voice of the, of the brewing industry can be pretty powerful on that front so uh glad you guys are are tuned into that um yeah I would also, the other thing i would just mentioned especially because this is a conversation um that we're kind of exploring on the local level is like you know people look at the great opportunity for us is to talk about water because when you look at what you're drinking you can see the water inside of it and it's very relatable um, but, uh, but a lot of the water consumption happens elsewhere too. So, um, so for example, here in Fort Collins, um, our, we have uh, a couple dozen craft breweries and we use, um, collectively about less than 2% of the water consumption annually in our city. Um, but over 50% of the water consumption is applied to lawns. And so, um, so... Wow. Yeah, isn't that, it's, it's like a stunning statistic. Um, and so so I think that like we all, we're all thinking about how we save water in brewing operations and we save um, and we make sure that, um, you know, at the local and, and state and, and federal level that we're protecting our water systems. But um, for those of us who are really passionate about it, especially in the West, it's, um, it's wise to think about where else we're consuming water. Um, you know, it's nice. I really like enjoying a cold beer on the lawn in the summertime <laughs> but I've, I've definitely reduced the size of my lawn so that it's really just what we need to, for a, a little bit of recreation and yeah and not taking up the whole space that's i those are those are great points also um well i know that um i appreciate the t conversation appreciate the the time i'm glad I'm, I'm enjoying this beer i've got it's a it's a bigger bottle so it will continue yeah. after after the podcast here um but yeah thanks so much for the perspective and uh yeah thanks for uh the advocacy on on brewing and water and all that good stuff yeah and thanks for all the work you're doing too travis and hope to see you over a beer uh at craft brewers conference yeah look forward to it right. thanks see you. cheers cheers you're in the water loop <laughs>